Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Coco and Daltz. I'm not Daltz. I'm not Coco. And we... (laughs) And we are real people bringing you real reviews of all the latest streaming TV shows and movies on Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Disney+. Today... Uh, we have a very special episode <laughs> in store for you. That's why I did the music. I think we should have different music for this episode. And I don't think we should confuse our lone listener who's stuck it out with us for 80 episodes now. 80? Thank, thank you, listener. That's right. Eight zero, not one eight. Right. We appreciate you, listener. So our very special episode today is the brand spanking new, just released yesterday, Netflix movie from Charlie Kaufman called I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Dalts, you want to try to give us a summary on, on what we watched? <laughs> so I've done many mushrooms this morning, and that will assist me in my description of this movie. I'm mad that you didn't share the shrooms, man. <laughs> if I would have known, I wouldn't have had leftover Chinese for breakfast. <laughs> well, I had some of the shrooms from the leftover Chinese. That's oh, where okay. I took them from. So this movie, as Coco mentioned, uh, a Charlie Kaufman production. So he wrote it and directed it. Based it's on... based on an Ian Reid novel of the same name. Ian Reid, of course, being a great Canadian author. So we're going to release this podcast to Canadian podcast groups is what you're saying. This is what I'm saying. Okay. Um, And so the story is roughly framed, and bear with me, listener, because this (laughs) gets a little wacky. We talked about high score not being necessarily linear. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about not linear. Right. So the the story essentially centers around this one guy who takes his date. So effectively, this is the story takes his date to visit his parents in rural Oklahoma, which is supposed to be rural Oklahoma. And it's the car ride, and then it's the visit, and then it's the car ride back, part of the car ride back to where they live. But it's much more than that. (laughs) If only it were just that. So Charlie Kaufman, for those who probably know, but as a point of reference, he is the writer and brilliant mind behind Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and Being John Malkovich. He wrote both of those. Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was directed by Michelle Gondry. And um, Being John Malkovich was directed, of course, by Spike Jones. Two fantastic movies. Beautifully written, beautifully directed, beautifully shot, beautifully acted, etc. Um, this one he uh, Kaufman directed and wrote. He's not as successful, I don't think, with the ones that he writes and directs. So as a result, this one gets a little bit out of control more so than the other one. So there's a lot of dream sequences. There's a lot of vision. There are a lot of alternate realities. The the nonlinearity is that a word? Sure. That Coco referenced was uh, you're looking at uh, this girlfriend going to the and meeting the parents and then the parents are changing in terms of their ages in terms of the clothing they're wearing in terms of where they are in the rooms and the houses and everything like that it's just it's kind of a mess actually <laughs> and it's hard to follow i don't know if that was that really a summary or was that more of a critique no, that was pretty much a summary okay i'll allow it so let me hand it off to you coco and you let me know <laughs> what you thought let me and the listener know what you thought and actually explain some of this stuff to me if you could Okay, so uh, we, I totally forgot what I was just going to say. <laughs> so what did you think of the, of the, of the movie? Um, so uh, I, we stopped the movie 
with 45-ish minutes left in it because we started watching it last night, the day it was released, and I had to get up really early this morning. So I was tired last night. I was kind of falling asleep on the couch. You know, I said, okay, let's just stop it, and then we'll just power through the last 45 minutes this morning. And the point at which we stopped the movie last night, I thought I knew what was going on. I thought that uh, the girlfriend whose name in the movie, I guess we'll say is Lucy. Well, she goes as just the woman, yeah. the young woman in the movie, in, yeah. in the casting role. Uh, she's played by Jesse Buckley. I thought that she was the main character because in many ways she was the main character. And But what was happening was either her as an old woman. So Toni Collette has like three different ages in this movie. She's like in her 40s and then she's maybe in like her 60s and then she's very elderly, like 80s, 90s. Who plays the mom? She plays yeah, the mom. she plays Jesse Plemons' mom, yeah. the mother of uh, Jesse Buckley's boyfriend. So I thought one of two things was going on. Either Toni Collette was the old version of Jesse Buckley and everything that happened was her oh. remembering previous things that had happened in her life. And that's why Toni Collette changed age many times. Mm-hmm. But she's old, so maybe there's some dementia. So maybe, yeah, yeah. you know, that had some Sort of like a stone it. angel kind of thing. Right. Or the other option was that Jesse Buckley... Also a Canadian reference, by the way. Oh, okay, awesome. The other option, I thought, was that Jesse Buckley was herself, but she had maybe like multiple personalities. Like mm. maybe she was mentally mm-hmm. ill and the farmhouse was like the mental health facility and the other people with her, like Jesse Plemons and Tony Collette and the guy who played Tony Collette's husband, they were either other personalities of Jesse Buckley's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or they were like the other patients at the facility and like the nurses. And that's why different things were happening. Like everything was basically like a hallucination. Right. So I thought I had a pretty good grasp on what was going on. Yeah. And then we stopped the movie and I read three reviews <laughs> and an interview with Charlie Kaufman. And I was like, oh, that's not actually what was going on at all. Yeah. Um, major spoiler alert because we can't not talk about this movie without spoilers. Well, I should also mention, I okay. didn't in my summary, sorry to interrupt you, but uh, interspersed throughout this movie are scenes of a janitor in a high school. Right. So, spoiler alert, the janitor in the high school who's an old man is Jesse Plemons' character, the reality, and everything that goes on is him inventing a girlfriend because he's like a loner. Mm-hmm. You know, he's never been in a real relationship and he's inventing a girlfriend and putting her in his life. And that was another reason why I thought that the girl was the main character because why would a guy invent a girlfriend who like her very first line in the movie is like I'm thinking of ending things. Right. Like she's not into this guy for like the whole movie. Like mm-hmm. she's very on the fence, mm-hmm. mostly over the fence about breaking up with him. Right. So why would a guy invent a girl who's not into him? You know, so yeah, so it was it was very strange. So when uh, at this same breaking point that we had last night, uh, and you were considering what the movie was about, and I was doing the same thing, and I did research while you were sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> That's that sounds creepy, actually. But that kind of does sound creepy. I, I didn't mean it to be that way. I was in a separate room doing research, <laughs> um, and 
I had some of the similar uh, thoughts that you did, but my thought up to that point was that it was him inventing it, but I hadn't put together him with the janitor because, oh, okay. the, because the physical similarity wasn't as right. close as I thought it should have been. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't extrapolating. And so essentially the only similarity they have is a parting of the hair on the same side. Everything else, yeah. to me, it didn't. he didn't seem like he was the same person at all. So... Um, Jesse Plemons, by the way, uh, plays a very the, the acting in this is fantastic. I oh, mean, it totally is. You have to get into these roles. Jesse uh, Plemons and Jesse Buckley both are the, just amazing. The two Jessies were, I mean, they carry the movie obviously, so they're in pretty much every scene, and and the the insanity of the story has to be carried by the characters and has to be carried effectively by the actors, and they do that really well. Um, Jesse Plemons, uh, essentially, to me. Uh, is is uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman? He he has that kind of aura to him, and, and and I'm maybe overstating his ability in this movie because Philip Seymour Hoffman was pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, but he has that kind of presence, and he has that kind of uh, appearance, and he has that kind of diction and and delivery with the dialogue and everything like that. So he uh, he was really good. And Jesse Buckley, like I said, but she was she was fantastic. She that's some of the best acting I've seen in a long, long time. Wow. I mean, she High was praise from Dalt. Yeah, she was really, really good. Um, and the one scene, there's a couple of scenes where she really stood out to me. The one scene where she's in the uh, near the end of the movie when she gets into the school and she meets up with the janitor and it's sort of like past meeting, meeting, uh, you know, a sort of alternate past meeting the present. And, uh, the, the scene where she's describing what he looks like was, was fantastic. I mean, <laughs> the dialogue is really good. I mean, there are times when this movie, I was thinking, well, I know what I'm going to say on the podcast. I'm going to say, I'm thinking of ending this movie. <laughs> <laughs> because I just don't want to watch it anymore, and it and it really it really tests your stamina, and it really tests your especially we're used to watching explosions movies, right? Yeah, our you go back through our archive and look, and we have a lot of action movies. Yeah, and and <laughs> according to listeners' downloads, you like the action movies, right? So this one is a very interesting choice for us, and it's different. I, I like these kinds of movies. And I'm glad we watched it. I'm not going to watch it again, and I'm not, right. I'm not going to recommend it. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. <laughs> so all those positive things that I said about it. Like everything was good, good about it, but it's just a really hard watch. I mean, it's not... It's a hard watch, especially for these times, because you're, right. you know, there's a lot of alienation and there's a lot of there's no jingoism. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of partisanship in the world, and this this movie is just like, oh, we're all dead and lonely and drifting. <laughs> right. And uh, to piggyback on that, it was really hard for me, like Jesse Plemons and the guy who played his father, mm-hmm. who I know is an actor with a name, and I just can't think of his name right now. They both did a lot. David Thewlis. They did a lot of mumbling, and Jesse Plemons especially right. did a lot of talking, like with his hand, like on his face, like kind of hiding his face, like his hand was covering his mouth. So, the part of the movie that we watched last night, I probably missed like a third of it because <laughs> I just couldn't hear a damn thing. Yeah. And this morning, I specifically had to tell Dalts to crank the volume because a, I wanted to actually hear what was going on, and b. I was eating, so <laughs> so that was going to cause me to have even more issues with 
hearing. Well, I'm glad um, you said that this morning because last night I think I got about a third of the dialogue because, uh-huh. and I didn't want to crank it up because my my hearing is worse than yours. So uh, I was like, I don't want to blast you out of the room in this, but I can barely understand what's going on. Oh, you could have totally blasted it and I would have been, but I didn't But wanna, that's the mix. That's yeah. part of the mix, I think, uh-huh. is then part of what the character is bringing, part of Jesse Plemons' appearance and an approach to that role. Right. he's very mumbly and very sort of... He doesn't have a lot of confidence in himself. Right. And- he's not like an open, like vulnerable guy. Right. Like he's like in a shell, like he doesn't expose himself to people, not in the, you know, traditional raincoat opening <laughs> pervert way. Just, you know, emotionally. Although he has that vibe to him. He though. does have that vibe to him. I One of the reviews I read called this eternal sunshine of the incel mind. Oh, and I was like, yeah, I would totally concur with that. That's really good. That's actually really good. Yeah. And we should say, too, that part of the, the challenges, I don't think I really uh, uh, clearly stated what they are in this movie. So there are a lot of times when... Things are not linear, obviously, and they're changing. Uh, the, the characters change not only their ages and that sort of thing, but there are also times when, uh, so Jesse Buckley's character changes into a different actor, mm-hmm. and the different actor is reading her lines for a couple of scenes, and it looks like and and the the, the resemblance is is close, and the, and and the camera angle is such that is like is that a different actor saying that? Mm-hmm. And then you're you're a little bit. Com- uh, confused there and then there's a lot of protracted scenes where it's just them talking and there's a scene where it's Pauline Kael's uh, crit- critical uh, uh, ex- explanation on a, on a movie and it, there's a lot of cultural references in here that I think people will pick up on um, but it just was really at times confusing and then there's flashes of things at the side of the road and you're like wait a minute did that actually was that actually a billboard or what was that and there's a lot of challenges in this movie, and it's 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 really brilliantly and creatively done. But man, it's it's a hard movie to watch. And there are like there she does verbatim recite that review of that movie, mm-hmm. and then in the previous car ride, she also recites a poem right. that she claims that she wrote, but it's actually in reality from a book of poems called like Pretty Rotten Mouth or something like that, and. Well, first of all, that poem was just like awful and pretentious and like the camera would like, it just kept going. It didn't stop. And the camera would pan over to- You were expecting a limerick, weren't you? (laughs) It was an old lady of 62. Right. (laughs) Like, and the camera kept panning over to uh, Jesse Plemons' character, Jake. And I couldn't tell, is he like, does he, is he into this poem? Does he think this is the best thing he's ever heard? Or is he about to start laughing? Because like, I was about to start laughing. I'm like, this is awful. Oh my God, this is terrible. This is so pretentious. It's kind of like, like poetry though. Like the, the fine line yeah. between brilliant and laughable is very fine. Right? And I'm not a poetry person anyways, but, and there were a lot of, like Dalt said, there were a lot of those sprinkled throughout. There was the poem, there was the review of the movie, there were lots of other little references. And something that I read said that there's actually like an annotated list of like all the pop culture references yeah. in this. And yeah. it would help you if you went and looked at it. And I'm like, but I shouldn't have to do that yeah. to get a movie. This is like when Rise of Skywalker came out and people were like, wait, who's that character? And J.J. Abrams was like, oh, well, if you refer to the graphic novel that came out, you know, in Companion, mm-hmm. the companion piece of the movie. And I'm like, but I shouldn't have to do that right. to understand what's happening in the movie. Right. So yeah. that you know, it's a little bit 
I'm a little bit less offended with this movie about it than I am with Rise of Skywalker because this movie is just all based on Jake's life. Mm -hmm. Like all these pop culture references make up his life. Mm -hmm. So I'm a little bit less offended because this is clear. The character doesn't have real relationships with people. So this is what makes up like his inner world. Mm -hmm. But still, a lot of this stuff is so obscure. Like only movie critics are going to know that movie review, you know. There's a lot of inside baseball uh, type stuff for this. Like That's a way more succinct way of saying it. Well, it's it's Charlie Kaufman sort of showing off and saying, look how... uh, informed I am about mm-hmm. the art form. And I, I, I get it and I understand it, but for the regular, like you said, us and and most people, I imagine, who are not cinephiles and just up to watch a, an interesting movie, then it, it's over your head. And it's kind of like, it, it's, 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 this, it's a, I make a similar comparison to um, a Pixar movie. The Pixar movies are really good for kids, but they're also really good for adults. And so you don't have to know a lot of stuff in order to be entertained by them, right? Whereas in this kind of movie, you've got to be, you've got to have the background or else you're not going to get it. So it misses. So it's like making adult, just make, it's like a Pixar movie that just makes adult jokes mm-hmm. and the kids are not going to get it at all. <laughs> so it's, it's a little bit of showing off and it's a little bit of stylistic things. But I, I think that, I, I really think, like I said at the top, that, there's a good movie in here if it's directed by somebody else. Like I think that Charlie Kaufman shouldn't be directing his own movies because the scripts are just so fantastic. But they need somebody to be to look at them in a in a in a more wholesome kind of way, like Spike Jones did and like uh, Michelle Gondry did. Yeah, Eternal Sunshine is one of my top ten movies. Yeah, like that movie is completely fantastic. Mine and, too. And then you compare it with this movie, and it's like, ooh. Well, and and then there's like it's a similar vibe too, right. because you've got the dream sequences, and you've got the alternative realities, and, and you've got, got a relationship crumbling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To me, this was almost like so. This was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was about romance, and this was about sanity and mortality, mm-hmm. and and it doesn't do it as well as as Eternal yeah. Sunshine did for for love. Like it just. It's just a fantastic premise, and then the fantastic premise was delivered on the same with being John Malkovich. Is like what? So what's the pitch meeting sound like at being John Malkovich? So there's a portal, and it uh, it takes you, and it's on floor seven and a half of this building in Manhattan, and and it takes you into John Malkovich's brain, and you're John Malkovich for seven minutes or whatever it is. And now we have to get John Malkovich on board with this, and- right? <laughs> like I wonder what the other what were the other actors. <laughs> that they considered for that movie. Like right. when, when he was writing that down, it was like being Jeremy Har- Irons, Harrison Ford. Right. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> Harrison Ford is so grumpy. Right. Like, that would be amazing. Just landing planes on, you know, and <laughs> right. walking away from them with no landing gear and stuff like that. So uh, I think that if you're, uh, this is a long weekend as we're recording this and it just came out before the long weekend on a Friday. If you've got some time to kill and it's raining or something like that and you feel like, you know, the end of the world is nigh, then <laughs> I don't know if this is the movie for you, maybe. But. Well, th- I, this is a good movie for our time. I mean, yeah. you know, it does emphasize that we're all alone. and <laughs> So it, 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 this is how I, I was sitting through this movie. And I was like, I'm never going to complain about watching a superhero movie again. Because <laughs> this is like this cerebral, <laughs> deep movie that I always desire to watch with Coco. And then I'm sitting there and I'm going, oh, this is, I don't know if my game, like my game is off now. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> I'm sitting there like, I, I, and I could tell that, so the, the tell for me is I'm checking my phone. Yeah. And you don't have very many tells, Coco, in terms of you not getting a movie because usually you're right into the movies that we're watching and you're focused and I can barely even pinch your bum without a, a you know anything happening. But now, yesterday watching the movie and today, um, I could tell you were not into the movie because you were yawning yeah. several times throughout the movie. I mean, you were tired but because <laughs> yeah. you've been up since 4.30. But you never do that any other time when you've been up since 4.30. And also you were moving around. Yeah, I was very shifting, fidgety. And I was like, okay, Coco is not into this movie. <laughs> yeah. And that, of course, that vibe spreads on to me because like, this Sorry. is this, no, no, this is because this is one of the movies that I wanted to watch. And I'm like, oh, she's not liking the movie. It's like, oh, I wonder if she's going to, you know, enjoy that meal that I made. I'm going to sit there and watch her eat it. It's like the same sort of thing. It's like, I hope she likes it. Daltz is like, she hated this movie, so now I'm going to have to watch Cobra Kai. Right. <laughs> right. To make up for I'm, this. I'm totally thinking, okay, how do I win back some valuable relationship <laughs> right. points? It's like, okay, I'm going to have to watch the karate movie, I guess. Three seasons of karate movies. <laughs> well, no, I actually, I wanted to watch this too. Because like I said, you know, Eternal Sunshine is awesome. Yeah. And I... Didn't know a lot about this going in because I didn't read the reviews beforehand, Mm -hmm. but it looked quirky. It looked different. Like, I'm not like, yeah, I made you watch Black Panther because Chadwick Boseman died, but we're not. I like that movie, though. That was a good movie. But we're not always watching Black Panther or Cobra Kai or whatever. So even though I am the one who always gets to watch stuff that I want to watch. Well, uh they had me at Charlie Kaufman. Like I'm, if he wrote this movie, I was going to watch it no matter what. And mm-hmm. then now the next one, I'm not so sure. Um, the, the the one of the other movies that he wrote and directed was uh, I think it's called Sina Dosh uh, New York. I watched that. I didn't enjoy that as much. It's an older movie. He's only uh, coming out with one movie like every five years. Yeah. So yeah. in five years, we'll be like, yeah, sure, we'll watch. We'll watch his next one. Well, he can't. He can't be writing a movie like this every year because then he would, you know, he would be in <laughs> he, the silly asylum. He would legit kill himself. Oh man, <laughs> he like, wrote a movie like this every year. <laughs> heavy duty. Like you can just yeah. imagine sitting down re- and writing the kind of scripts that he writes. I, it just mm-hmm. that's a. He's a brilliant mind, so I don't want to. Uh, I don't want that to fall through the cracks. But this is not one of the movies that uh, I would recommend for sure. I would say this is. Um, well, and there's all sorts of different things about the reality, too. Like, it's supposed to be set in Oklahoma, and yet the blizzard is, it's definitely upstate New York. Like, I mean, it's, there's no way that this is in Oklahoma. Well, and when they first got in the car to go visit his family, there was a billboard that said something like, welcome to Dairyland. So I thought they were in Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yeah. And then you said something about it was filmed in upstate New York. Yeah, and I was like, Hill. oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But then suddenly they're in Oklahoma. And I'm like, where did Oklahoma come from? And like, there's all what? these, yeah. And if you're watching the movie and you're not ready for it, it looks like there are all sorts of continuity errors. It's like, well, wait a minute. She never smoked. And now why all of a sudden three quarters of the movie is she smoking? And then the bandage on the dad's hand switches sides and then all of a and you when you first introduced to the parents they sort of have gray hair but they're not really gray and then the, you see them again and then they're they have you know, brown hair and not wrinkly um, and you're like well, wait a minute so it takes you a while to clue in that these are intentional because mm-hmm. as part of my uh, my movie watching appear or uh, approach that I take is that I try to find out because I'm an editor I try to find continuity mistakes it's like oh well, wait a minute he his elbow was on the table and now it's not on the table. What's going on? And this one, you don't even, all bets are off because that's part of the shtick is that they're, 
there are all sorts of changes and the characters change and the, the clothing changes and what they're doing is changing. And there's one scene where um, Jesse Buckley's character is walking to the window, turns around and everybody's out of the room and it's like in a flash and then nobody's there and all these things that are really jarring, but it just makes for a mother, another entertaining experience. And I was also entertained by the fact that they had a big debate about Baby, It's Cold Outside at the very end of the movie. She's like, no, that's a rape song. And he's like, what do you mean it's a rape song? And she's like, the guy is roofying her. And he's like, no, there was no such thing as roofies in 1936. When, you know, And she was like, it was a rape song. And like, I saw your ears perk up when that happened. I know. I was like dying laughing at that scene. There were, yeah, there were a lot of moments that were maybe unintentionally funny but that was right. not one of them i enjoyed that scene i was like yes it's a rape song somebody gets it it's it's almost like you've got quentin tarantino uh, <laughs> approach to it but it's not really as good you know what i mean like quentin tarantino at his peak the dialogue is fantastic <laughs> if if this were oh my god could you imagine this is a tarantino movie like there would be so many f-bombs and like everybody in that farmhouse would have got shot up and like the you would have seen the pigs with the maggots coming out of them like oh, oh my god this is a tarantino movie uh, well that- this was david lynch meets meets quentin tarantino meets charlie kaufman i mean like this is yeah. just so many shades of different kinds of movie and and also it was it reminded me of a almost of a Stanley Kubrick movie in some ways too, because there's so much tension and there's Mm -hmm. so much what's going to happen next, what's going to happen next, but then eventually nothing happens next. Right. Like you go into the scary basement, but all that's down there is a washer and dryer full of janitor Jake's uniforms. Like there's nothing scary down there. Right. I mean, it's a very, very, uh, very key moment in the movie when she goes down there and she sees that stuff. And it's definitely a clue for later on, but it's not like there's, you know, chains and and bloody marks on the wall or anything like that. It's just another farmhouse basement. Yeah. Whereas we're led to believe it's like, oh, what's going to be down there? Because it's all like taped off and there's like scratches. And he's just like, oh, that's just the dog. We had to rope it off because the dog tried to go down there. But, you know, that's never what happens in scary movies. But the and and the dog, by the way, just is it's constantly shaking off like it's wet. (laughs) Yeah. Every time you see the dog, it's shaking off like it's wet. And (laughs) that was just kind of a freaky thing. too. Like, it's just a very it's a very moody movie. It's a very like, don't watch it by yourself if you're down in your on the dumps or anything like that down (laughs) in the dumps. Because it's it'll have an adverse effect on the rest of your day. (laughs) So how many pigs full of maggots up would you give this oh dolls? no i'm i'm maybe like half a half a pig because it's charlie kaufman oh, okay half a uh what was it the they got they stopped at the ice cream place oh, randomly yeah. uh yeah the frozen burr or whatever which it was. i read uh in the book that was actually a dairy queen but they couldn't get the name rights for dairy queen no so way Al- so alexander Payne, jesus uh charlie <laughs> kaufman had to invent like a ice cream stands. Well, so. he did a good job. Yeah. He came up with a ditty and everything like that. <laughs> yeah, like it was totally. like that was that scene was very much David Lynch to me. It was with these three girls and they were trapped in this uh ice cream place in the middle of nowhere in a blizzard. In a blizzard and it was like some sort of the way the one character described it was almost like a like a purgatory. Yeah. And and it was very that was a that was a very uh I had read about that scene before I saw it. Mm-hmm. And so I was expecting it. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, that, that is kind of a creepy little scene. Like there's <laughs> these little creepy scenes along the way. Uh, it's just, it's it's a fascinating, I think it's one of these movies that five years from now, people will be like, they'll either be, it, it was the worst movie ever or it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And and they're already calling for Oscar nominations and that sort of thing oh, okay. for, the, for the screenplay. Um, 
but we'll see how it goes. And Jesse, uh, the two Jessies, yeah, I, I got to think that they're going to be up for some sort of uh, nomination. Yeah, they were great. I I'm going to go back to the letter grades, which I know that yes. Daltz is. I love the letter grades. Daltz does. I would give this a C, mm-hmm. strictly based on the acting. Mm-hmm. Like those two, mm-hmm. those two actors are really good. C to C minus. My my grade, my non-letter grade is more about the parts rather than the sum yeah because charlie coffin's the screenplay is fantastic the acting is fantastic um the idea is fantastic but it's just it just was too it was just there was just too many spots where i was like oh i gotta maybe i should go to the bathroom or something like (laughs) i mean when the whole first and third acts take place in a car right between like just conversation between two characters like that's that's a lot. And a poorly lit car. Yeah. And a, and a poorly, uh, what's the uh, equivalent to audio? Yeah. <laughs> the I'm, audio is not that great in the car. Yeah. I mean, I understand like the third scene, like the third act, like, okay, you know, now it's dark and they're driving through a blizzard and like, oh, the you know metaphor is out of control. <laughs> but it's like, all right, can't just get this over with. So speaking of get this over with, uh, I think we're done for this one, unless you had anything else to say, Coco. I do not. So instead, I will just say where you can find us. This, Please do. Please subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. We are available on Apple Podcasts, where you can rate and review us. Also, Spotify, uh, Pandora, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Ghana, Google Play, all three of our seasons are now on IMDb. We are also... Woo-hoo. Yeah, Daltz did a lot of work on that. Woo-hoo. We are also on YouTube, and allegedly we're on Amazon slash Audible. Um, we've submitted to there, and we allegedly have downloads from there. I talked to Jeff about that yesterday, and I oh, think okay. we're good. I think we're good to go. Okay, awesome. So, hey... Jeff Betzos, that is. I knew. So, uh look for us on audible and amazon and maybe we'll be there if not hopefully we will be soon we are on facebook and twitter at coco and Daltz. we are also on the interwebs at coco and and we are on email at coco and at gmail.com on any one of those platforms you can send us a message let us know what you think what you want us to review next on our website, you can also find other reviews of things that we do that we don't talk about on the podcast. You can also find the Buzz blog, which I haven't updated this week because I've actually been really busy, but that's just my takes on entertainment news and celebrity gossip that Dolls doesn't care about. Well, you keep saying that, but I really enjoy reading the Buzz blog. But you don't want to talk on the podcast about Jennifer Aniston's divorce. Not really. So that's why the Buzz blog exists, people. <laughs> Sort of like the book reviews and the music reviews that I do. Yeah, totally. And you don't really care about the latest from City and Color. I did one book review. Yes, like you did. two years ago. It's the only one with a letter grade on the website, <laughs> listener, yeah. as you can tell. <laughs> Which people are like, why does this one have a letter grade and everybody else has stars? I don't think they're thinking that at all. City of stars. There we go. All right, before we get oh, sued. Oh, the the music is creepy. <laughs> Can we do creepy music on the way out? Do, 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 do. <laughs> oh no, now we gotta pay, pay some rights. So I'm not Dalton. And I'm not Coco. <laughs> <laughs>